Welcome to the Green Edge Podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our weekly update for the week ending 14th of April 2023. After a week's break and a relaxing Easter, the Green Edge is back and hitting the ground running with a huge crop of new Net Zero related publications to read from His Majesty's Government. All released on March the 30th, we got the Net Zero Growth Plan, which all seems to be now inextricably linked to energy security and reflected in its title, Powering Up Britain, together with the government's response to the independent review of Net Zero carried out at the end of last year by Chris Skidmore MP. Not only that, we got the response to the Climate Change Committee's Annual Progress Report 2022 recommendations. Michael, there must have been more than a few severe cases of writer's cramp around Whitehall over the Easter break. Must be, because we had uh, 3,000 pages near enough released on one day. The best part, I think, of 45 documents. And if you want to look at the full list, I think Carbon Brief have kindly listed all those out. But uh, a lot of repetition, a lot of duplication, and lack of an integrated piece really that pulled it all together in a coherent way. I guess we have to reflect on what such pressure on a finite group of people to release such a volume of words has on the quality of the documents themselves. That's true and I think that was seen, you almost felt there were a thousand civil servants writing a paragraph each and then one person sewing them all together but I suppose they had to hit that deadline because of legal pressures and they had to respond because of the case that's been taken in 2022. But there are some good bits and pieces in there. And whilst it's moving in the right direction, urgency and scale are two concerns we certainly have on the skills front. And what about the tactic of releasing everything on the same day? Uh, I think we have a lot of questions there about the openness to engagement and participation and gaining a proper response because it is illogical and can't really think it through that you could absorb that volume of material and build it into your own business thinking, your local authority thinking, education, whatever it might be, because it is very difficult to take that volume on board. And the very fact that they've released subsequent documents under the Foresight program, there was another 200-page document released a few days later looking at the four scenarios for a net zero society some of which content contradicted what was released on the 30th of March. And on 5th of April, we had the heat pump investment roadmap released with its very ambitious target for the installation of heat pumps, hitting 600,000 by 2028 and 1.9 million by 2035. So these are huge numbers. And you'd have thought some of that would have been put out on the 30th. Admittedly, the investment roadmap is more of a sales document to try and attract investment into the UK to produce heat pumps at quite large volumes. So that's all good. And there is a dedicated page on skills in that document, most of which is actually trailed on the documents released on the 30th of March. So you have to pick and mix and pieces together, and we try to look at all the skills components. Now, in this week's Green Edge Post, we look at some of the reaction to the Net Zero Growth Plan. Michael, what was your impression? The growth plan had some good bits and pieces in it. And on the workforce side, you know, they dedicate a dozen pages and lay out their direction of travel and rely very heavily on the Green Jobs Delivery Group producing a workforce action plan 
by the first half of 2024, which is good. But it's just the speed at which it'll be happening. The four work groups they've set up around power networks, nature skills, local capacity and resource and waste is good. And they're clearly trying to develop a methodology and an approach through that work, particularly on the power and network side. And that will report during this year and feed into 2024. My concern is just the speed and scale of some of this work. Why can't we spread it a bit more quickly? And given that the big pressure and focus on heat pumps really doesn't get built into some of those work groups, and we need to ramp that up, we'll probably hear more about that over the coming months. But it's a start. At least the government has made a statement. And now it is actually to deliver on these things. In our post this week, we've returned to a graphic we put together from the Skidmore report back in January, which was our attempt at timelining the set of priority recommendations that the review called its 25 for 2025. The government has said that it has adopted 23 of these 25 recommendations, but we've updated our graphic with our own RAG coding of the degree to which we think each of the 25 has been adopted. Now, in a recent webinar for his newly launched Mission Zero Coalition, Chris Skidmore talked about the overall degree of adoption of the whole set of 129 recommendations from the review, and also added to the criticism that a lot of faith is being placed on new technologies still in development as a justification for more oil and gas. In terms of the overall narrative, 53 recommendations that have come through, effectively almost 100 that there is a sort of agreement broadly with around 27, 29 no's. Unfortunately, those 27 to 29 no's are some of the key ones that would help us deliver on net zero for the future. If you do a word analysis of the Powering Up Britain document, you'll see that hydrogen is mentioned 114 times, wind is mentioned 30 times, solar is mentioned 14 times, and batteries are mentioned four times. Uh, and that, I think, is quite indicative of, obviously, a prioritisation of the new department, which is really sort of putting quite a lot of its eggs in industrial decarbonisation, in the technologies of the future that are yet to be fully realised without recognising the critical importance of the technology technologies that are already there to be deployed at scale that we know work and could be operational within several years, not decades. And that is indicative of potentially a welcome aspiration in looking at sort of CCUS and hydrogen, but we shouldn't be excluding other technologies and deployment of renewable power in consequence. Michael, let's turn to the skills implications of both the growth plan and the response to the Skidmore review. I think it's fair to say the government still hasn't got a good handle on skills, right? I think that is a fair comment. And I would also bring attention to the potential shortfall of people as we move forward to 2030, 2035. And depending on what source you look at, that could be 2.5, 2.6 million people short, i.e. the contraction of the labour force. And if you've got that contraction, what does that mean for net zero delivery and the competition for scarce skills? And if you look at some of the careers surveys that have been going on, not just in this country, but elsewhere, the attractiveness of careers in other areas, digital being one of them, and data science, will that actually attract talent away from net zero delivery? And how will the government balance up some of those issues? And does this then feed through to even how they approach higher and further education? Yeah, there are some quite big implications for the structure and the attracting of students to pull them through and provide them with career opportunities. And we've not heard much about that as we go forward. And going back to Chris Skidmore's webinar, here's what he said about the need for skilled people to fit something like 600,000 heat pumps by 2028. 
the more we delay, the further we kick the can down the road. And you know, that 600,000 target by 2028 looks increasingly out of reach if we're simply going to not put up the level of investment that is required. And in terms of skills, you know, there is a, a decarbonization skills training competition, which was in response to the heat pump retraining recommendation, 119, but 9.2 million pounds is not going to train a new army of heat pump engineers to fit some heat pumps or you know, construct these for the future. And our usual reminder that you can find this week's post on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google and Amazon. Going back to March of last year, we posted on interconnectedness, circularity and some of the good things going on at the London Interdisciplinary School. And Michael, we got an interesting update earlier this week on some new courses and programmes coming out of LIS. Yes, two in particular we were interested in were at master's level. One was a master's level short course of lasting three months, starting in a few weeks' time, and also was a full master's programme, um, highly flexible, run on a hybrid basis, and were really geared to people who needed to have a broad understanding of climate change. And it struck us during that briefing, it would certainly suit people who are trying to carry and persuade both the public and also their organisations forward on the net zero agenda. Now, LIS told us that the first Climate and Biodiversity Action Short Course starts this month on the 21st of April and is a three-month hybrid course that will require something like eight to ten hours per week of your time. And as a special offer to Green Edge subscribers, LIS is offering a 20% discount on the course fee if you mention you're a Green Edge subscriber during your admission call. Never let it be said the Green Edge isn't worth its free subscription. Michael, any other business this week? I don't think so. We have a good crop of um, reports coming through. We've actually summarised quite a few of the documents released on the 30th of March by the government that were relevant to skills, but we can pick up on that next time. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.